Dingin' and dangin'. Episode seven. Episode seven. We're here. We're here. We're in the. We're in it. We're in it. Are you just gonna sing this whole episode? No. We're no, gonna. No. <laughs> we're gonna have our whole jam session. A jam like session. It. Episode siete. We're gonna kick it off with um just a, a powerful statement of um. I truly believe fasting, the intermittent fasting, is the stupidest fucking thing ever. <laughs> Jesus yep. Shots fired right away. Just think about it. I truly, like, our ancestors, like, if you could bring back, like, I don't know. What are you looking at? Uh, my Dropbox, mm, sorry. Notifications, not do your thing. No, no, notifi- no notifications, just uh, Dropbox. But think about that. Like, if you took, I don't know, a Civil War soldier and brought them to 2019 and just showed them around, and they'd be like, oh, what are these people doing on these Peloton bikes in this studio or this yoga class? They're like, oh, well, they're intermittent fasting, so they don't eat for the first 10 hours of their day. And then they go do hot yoga or do a Peloton spin class. And it's like, really, you have that fucking privilege. This is what we fought and died for, for a free union, the United States of America, <laughs> so y'all could fast. <laughs> wow. We were 16-year-old boys living off one piece of bread a day, firing at each other with muskets and bayonet rifles. I think they weren't doing muskets at that point. But y'all have the audacity in 2019 to do intermittent fasting. Or people, like, uh, not even people on the other side of the world, like, different, you know, less than privileged parts of this nation, you know, they can't even get meals. But then in our, you know, uppity cities, we're like, no, I'm trying intermittent fasting. Now I feel like an asshole for fasting. Now I'm like, fuck. And, like, anybody, <laughs> I have family members that do fasting. Fuck your intermittent fasting. Wow. I'm kidding, I guys. I feel attacked. <laughs> I'm triggered. And no, triggered. there is definitely tons of evidence to show that it is very beneficial to you know for health reasons yeah and um and yes i get it but still no. i'm just bs in my own case because i did fasting and then i went and did a sensory deprivation tank float yesterday and i was so hungry i couldn't really dive into it so i'm blaming fasting even though it was my choice so oh. intermittent fasting community i'm just fucking with you don't get all bent out of shape oh. all two of our intermittent fasting listeners i'm definitely not part of the community but intermittent fasting is something that i have just always find myself doing like literally 17 or 18 hours of no eating and then work gonna go lift Mm -hmm. all that stuff i don't know how you do it where me i'm like i wake up six eggs two servings of oatmeal holy shit yeah some fruit and then an hour later i am hungry i don't even want that much food like at five in the morning like i'm not ready to eat breakfast until like noon (laughs) <laughs> didn't even, back, even back when I was on nights and stuff like that, uh-huh. it's literally I wake up and give me food within 60 minutes of Whoa. me opening my eyes or I'm shit. So I don't know what that means. But even how much I'm eating these days, I'm still – when I had my – I had to go do my physical this morning or whatever, I got on scale clothes, crap in my pocket and this and that, still weighed in at 207. Really? So I'm, yeah, I'm a little nervous because I don't own a scale. And I was like, I thought I was only like 215. I don't want to get any less than that. Yeah. And I think I'm like pushing 205 now. So Well, I'll tell you so what. Fuck intermittent you looked vascular at the gym today in your Thank pool. You. So I'm that getting was cool. a lot of compliments, but I feel like shit. <laughs> oh, trust me, I do too. So I don't know what that means. Um, um but yeah, so intermittent fasting. Uh that's my little rant. Just kidding. I love you guys. I love everybody. But we're getting in the shits today. Alec and I are, are ready to dive into it. We've um we got some hot topics, which I <laughs> like how we're caught. Episode seven, hot topics. Spiked bracelets, spiked belts, lip rings. And some of you guys know I do have piercings in my face. I don't want to hear no fucking shit from you. Because y'all wish y'all could pull them off as good as he does. I don't even pull them off. I think I just need to take them out every day. They look really stupid. I like them. Anyways. Scene. <laughs> Shout out to our scene community. If oh you have guy liner and your hair draped over one eye, this one's for you. We love you. Hot topic. We wanted to talk about this the other day on episode six, but we got more into... 
anxiety and depression and how it's dealt with on a personal level coming from my end. Uh, but this one is something that you wanted to touch base on pretty strongly. And I think it's a good idea. Yep. So we dipped our toes in the pool last episode of rebranding the male brand, but we're going to get, uh, we're going to go, we're going to get all the way in. We're just, we're just going to go do some backstrokes in the pool, backstrokes in the pool. Mm. But this is something that's been coming across. Um, also, you know, things I've been looking at and, you know, stuff I've been working on in my, my self growth and, um, my time being uh, a single man and learning stuff of how to, you know, condone yourself accordingly, which is all perspective, you know, like every, you know, shout out to all my, my brothers out there, both single and in relationships or married men, um, you know, fathers, husbands, uh, you know, single dudes, bachelors, whatever. All my um, dudes who identify as wow. dudes. <laughs> uh, we're set up. Oh, yeah. Uh, tidbit episode seven. We're set up. Uh, we're airplane now for. um reference so we got the the macbook hooked up and we have reference points to look at for visuals to keep the conversation going so true if sometimes we glance off to the side even though you can't see us you don't know what we're doing mm-hmm. we could be looking at cat videos i love i have two cats yeah yes, uh but yeah rebranding the male brand mm-hmm. is a good way of looking at it uh, but the most important thing is toxic masculinity mm-hmm. which we uh, hear a lot we don't hear a lot. Here's the thing. We also fucking experience quite a bit of it in the workplace. Uh, we don't have very many females who work with us. And that's the environment that we find ourselves in, right? Because the blue collar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, a lot of it is horseplay, but you also do have such, I definitely have been part of or seen or encountered situations where, you definitely have some peacocking or you definitely have some uh, asserting dominance between two dudes or or attempting to, or, to. Or attempting to rather. Uh, most of the time we just look like fucking morons, right? But, but this is a serious, serious issue because a lot of the time things like this can come down to violence and personally like – I'm not. I'm not like a big proponent of violence. Like, we're, <laughs> we're not yeah. cavemen anymore. Yeah. We're not children. Like, I, no. I don't get me wrong. I love. I love MMA. I love to watch UFC fights when okay. they're on. But you know, that's, that's a, a different s- arena. That's a sanctioned fight. I'm yeah. not down to watch two blue collar dudes uh, that are supporting their families go head to head because of something pretty fucking stupid like you took my skid spot like mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean and for those of you who don't know okay, yeah, translate that you uh put your shit where i was gonna put my shit and now your <laughs> shit's in my way, way. you know yeah. what i mean like that's, that's just a, a silly way yeah you took my spot for, yeah that's it for people in our office were like hey you put your desk where i wanted to put my desk yeah so now we're about to go toe-to-toe with larry yeah exactly like, well, I feel like Larry's not perfect example jim jim put um What's his name's shit? Dwight's shit Dwight. in the vending machine one time, and that was Jim asserting dominance on the office, or and it was hilarious. Oh, I was gonna say something, but I don't know how far you are, so. Oh, I don't know, but. Um, but yeah, asserting dominance <laughs> in the workplace. And in how the office. Back, like, classic office re- reference, but how more times than not, like it's not necessary. How are you feeling, feeling low? Oh, I'm just tight. Yeah. We're good though. Did a lifting session this morning. It was and uh, there was no toxic masculinity involved. There was a lot of nah. There was a little bit of shit talking. You think so? Yeah, it was healthy. Though. It was. It wasn't. It definitely wasn't toxic, and it had nothing to do with being masculine. I mean, granted, I meant just male energy, and you know, 
there was positive male energy. Exactly. There was That's a lot of talking between the three of us. Um, Adair was there too, which a uh, female counterpart in the gym with my good friend Ryan. Um, awesome people. Very cool. Very cool Love people. Um, but yeah, and it's, she can hang too. So we didn't, you know, go full into you know locker room talk, quote unquote, as it's called, to where Adair would ever feel uncomfortable. It wasn't even necessary. It was just, uh, it was just we were quality conversation and bonding while lifting heavy barbells. Everybody was there to do one fucking thing, and we all knew it. So it was just a little bit of shit talking or taking small funny jabs at each other, like saying that Ryan's arms are really long, so his knuckles drag on the floor. <laughs> um, but you know, it wasn't anything crazy. Mm-hmm. Nobody. Nobody was peacocking. Mm-hmm. Um, That's an excellent term, by the way, peacocking. Yeah. Because if any of y'all ever watch nature channels or just go for a stroll in some places where peacocks are present, if you ever see two male peacocks peacocking, it's the stupidest thing ever. And, like, granted, well, for them it's not. That's what they do. That's nature. <laughs> but the, the you know, f- fanning the feathers and puffing out the chest and be like, nah, like, I'm a, you know, I want this girl in this or, I'm bigger than you are. Exactly. Check I'm out my. stick my neck up higher and make weird clucky noises. Check this out. Look at my neck. Look at the chicks. Look how long my neck is. You can't keep it, man. You see these feathers? I got blues and greens and all this stuff. Ridiculous. So that's what animals do in nature. That's That's fine. But now picture two of your buddies doing that. For no reason. Dancing around each other, fanning their feathers, their imaginary metaphorical feathers, for no fucking reason. It's 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 foolish. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. And so you know we want to dive into maybe a lot of the sources why, um, of you know where this comes from where this all stems from with our male culture these days yeah and ultimately if we can because you know we're two dudes we're two dumbass dudes just having fun and you know we're talking shit with our uh our phds and you know bro geometry <laughs> broometry <laughs> um, if you will broometry broometry if I you like will it. what is the circumference of a bro i don't know man <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, but especially because, you know, um, and as we, you know, we get female guests on here, of course, when Angie graces us with her presence, getting mm-hmm. their perspective. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. It's just a lot of stuff I've come across these days of either, um, like, even some of my bros, you know, they uh, a couple in particular reach out to me. They're in relationships, either new ones or long ones. And, um, you know, what the fuck do I know? I'm not Dr. Phil. But uh, when, you're, when your boys want to reach out to you about mm-hmm. situations like that, we need to have better conversations other than like, oh, forget her or oh, fuck that or let's go out and drink. Or the big one, the big one that everybody hears or like you get shit from your other friends, your guy friends. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, just being a pussy. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, that's degrading, dude. It like, is. like, how can you not want to be there? If you have if you have enough interest in somebody to call them your friend, mm-hmm. but then when they're having a problem with their significant other to tell them not to be a pussy. <laughs> that's if that's not, your response, you're not that good. Of a yeah, friend. you're not that great of a friend. Like, you're only there to drink and party and yeah. most of the times. Uh, you know what I mean? Call me on Sunday when you go want to watch go, go watch, go watch football. football. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, like, that's not... Yeah, you don't share similar interests. You guys are just into the same things. Exactly. A lot of people will be like, that means the same thing. It definitely doesn't, no, I promise you. Look yeah. it up. Look it up in the dictionary. But yeah, so I, you know, and ultimately, what does that do? If you can have better conversations with your boys, especially in situations like that, regarding anything, whether it's their relationships or life or the workplace or careers or you know them reaching out for new goals or their art interests or their creative outlets, anything. Right. If you can have 
better conversations with your boys, and then y'all all become better as young men or men of any age. Mm-hmm. What does that directly correlate to? Us being better for ourselves, us being better to our women, right. or even better to our partners. Like, this applies to even our homosexual bros out there. Like, yeah. we're all bros. All like, bros. Yeah, all bros. And it's all love, too. And, um, you know, if women, if they can find any part of this applicable, which I'm sure they can. just Sure, choose absolutely. Because even for them, too, like, you know, they can have more quality time with their lady friends. Lady friends sounds off. Their lady friends. Wow. Yeah, I got old-fashioned stuff. So <laughs> don't judge me. But, um, you know, they go out with their girls and stuff like that. There's more quality things you can do than getting blitzed at Sunday brunch off bottomless mimosas. Like, don't get me wrong. That is fun as hell. <laughs> I do love some chicken and waffles and mimosas. I, I don't like mimosas. <sighs> Lose more audiences. Wow. <laughs> it's okay. If they don't hang with us for not liking mimosas, that's their choice. That's your problem. Um, but, you know, but, yeah, uh, I think everybody overall, what we always go back to the root of this is having better conversations and connecting better as humans. Um, you know, so if we can, you know, highlight a lot these days with, hey, for our, for our boys out there, for our bros, for our brothers, for our men. Yeah. You know, let's get down to the nitty gritty of where maybe this come from, where it comes from. Where do we fall short in our friendships? Where do we fall short in our work relationships uh, with our coworkers? Where do we fall short in our relationships with our spouses or with our partners? Um, you know, where does this come from? Yeah. I think a lot of it comes from, you know, the big marquee title, toxic masculinity. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And go for it. Oh, I was just going to say this, 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 the one, the first thing, literally the first few articles <laughs> that you find when you like Google toxic masculinity for people who have an idea or don't know what it is, which I think a lot of us, but like the big three points that they put are like suppressing emotions, um, mm-hmm. maintaining an appearance of hardness, which is like straight, straight ego, um, mm-hmm. or, ego. or violence as an indicator of power. Like, Mm-hmm. This is this is literally tough guy behavior, which is like a true thing, which I think maintaining an appearance of hardness and tough guy behavior definitely go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Like if you have the tough guy attitude, like you're definitely more likely to like w- engage in violence, probably mm-hmm. like want to get into a fight at a bar or something like that mm-hmm. and just stay hard. Oh, hey, then, hey now. You can look uh, at that inappropriately, or you can look at that in a David Goggins sense of stay hard at stay life. Stay hard at life, which yeah. I'm gonna look at it that way because I love David Goggins. Oh, yeah. Sh- shout out to David Goggins. Guy works hard. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's uh, it's literally just that, right, where we... The appearance we, of being the tough guy. Yeah, or hard. told, no, 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 men don't cry. Boys don't cry. That's a big one, right? Because mm-hmm. it's almost embarrassing. Even, yeah. even as a man, like... When a loved one has passed or something tragic has happened, like it's some people would be like, that guy's fucking crying. Yeah. You know what I mean? How bad is that? You think of a funeral, yeah, of a loved one has passed and like you see it a lot. And I mean, I don't know. We're just surrounded heavily by Latino culture where we're Yeah. Um, But I mean, sure, all cultures experience this or whatever. Sure. You know, like, oh, just sit there, stiff upper lip, you know. Yeah. Hard. Your eyes may be yeah, a little watery, but no tears will roll down your cheeks. Yeah. Like, no, and and we get that where it comes from, but we we're changing that narrative. We're changing that ideology behind it of this generation of men coming up in 2019 and in the future, of exhibiting emotion is okay. Yeah, hundred percent. It does not take away from your identity as a man by 100%. any means. hundred percent. Just okay. just because you are told that you have to suppress emotion and not look soft at any point in time, like doesn't make it right. That may be the narrative and that may be the ideology that has been pushed on us, right? Like part mm-hmm. might trigger some people, but part of the agenda, right? Like men have to be hard. Mm-hmm. But 
it's something that is detrimental to health like not just really? mental health but like like physical health as well like it eats you from the inside out and it <laughs> pours over into your lifestyle and you know it's just one of those things that it has a domino effect you maintain this persona of being this hard dude constantly well then you lose all your friends and then you lose your wife because you show no emotion and your fucking kids hate you and now you're alone and you start to drink more like just all this negative shit could mm-hmm. definitely start to happen when you are the type of person who is not down with just being like, hey, Joshua, I'm not okay, man. I need help. I need to talk. I like, need to open up. That, why is that soft? Why, why, is <laughs> why, why is that soft? That doesn't make any sense to me. I try to be the type of person, as we all know, who is a little bit more transparent mm-hmm. than normal, right? Like I've talked about having peaks and bottoms and anxiety and suffering from depression and stuff like that. Like that's not something that the previous generation would come forward and be like, I have this right. But when I start to get to know people or I want to be transparent and help other people, right? Because anxiety is crippling, dude, it's fucking hard to deal with. And, and, and even that can be a byproduct of suppressing emotions. Like letting those things stay inside of you could cause you to have anxiety or it could induce anxiety, right? Like it's just one of those things that, that your mental health starts to deteriorate when you aren't able to, or feel like you are not able to actually let those things out. So it's a scary thing. It's a really, really scary thing. And it just, it needs to be changed. It, it does. It needs to be changed. Absolutely. And it starts with the conversation. I mean, like I said, you make a good point of previous generations, how it was like, hey, strap up your boots and, you know, like do the work, like get out there and this and that. But you see how, um, so, you know, we wanted to definitely start bringing a lot more, um, you know, evidence and, and data to the conversation with this. Um, so we actually had, what do we have, a chart of... Um, Oh, I had a chart. Oh, yeah. Suicide rate? Yeah, I had major depression here. Uh, Oh, and how we saw how it had gone down. It was like a a graph from like 1990 to like 2018 or something like that. And I was higher back then than it is now. So, yes, there is a direct correlation between the older generations and the the current generations. So, it is decreasing, which is good. um, But it's still still a a huge problem. Like, male suicide rates are are through the roof. And... um, and we see we we are concerned these days a lot of the time like we're worried about the youth we're worried about gun violence and gun access and things of that nature and then social media and technology and the effect it's having on the youth well if you really like you just have to google like male depression or male suicide yeah and stuff dude. like that and literally the first numbers it's like middle-aged establishment like you know 40 to 50 years old yeah it said 45 to 54 year old white males mm-hmm. um accounted for some of the most suicides in the year of 2017 mm-hmm. i can't for whatever reason find that number anymore because i'm an idiot but um, but yeah, but no, we had it earlier for a reference point, and um, and so yeah, so it does hold true. I mean, just I to get on Google, closed it. but so imagine that, like, if you want to, I mean, I don't think this point at all, like, uh, or this point in the conversation, race or anything has to do with it, but if you want to, like, look about that, you know, because I guess you could almost too, because also how we talked about last time, um, in regards to, or maybe we talked about this off episode, I can't remember, but how um, pay scale inequality in mm-hmm. America, mm-hmm. um. We know that uh, black women are the most underpaid in the nation. Right. You were mentioning that to me. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think before we started recording the last session that we yeah. had. So um, so not to die with that as a conversation for another time, but for the sake of referring it to this conversation. So think about that. Um, not that money is a deciding factor, but 
yeah, we worry about the youth and what they're exposed to and things of that nature. But right. if you actually go and look at the numbers, it shows that white men in America who are the most successful, the most paid, and at that age category of like 40 to 50, yeah. they established they have families, they have either teenager or adult children. It's not like they've been around. And right. still something snaps or still either it doesn't snap or something has been lingering and they no longer can take existence and they end their life. Oh, I think I know what I had pulled up. No, um. But, um, you know, so then like, so so go back to that. So it's not even, yes, the youth and, and you oh. know, teens and young men do make up a good uh, number of the statistic, but the majority of it is with men from the older generation. That's so how you just made a real good point, bro, of that older generation never, even, even though the conversation isn't happening enough these days, at least right. it is happening and it's progressing more and more. Right. Our parents and our parents' parents' generations, that conversation didn't happen. There wasn't no mental health awareness. There wasn't no toxic masculinity issues. There definitely wasn't the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. <laughs> like I'm sure Shout I Shout out to the AFSP. I hope I would hope that this wasn't like relatively new. But yeah, I found the number. So this one it says in 2017 men died by suicide three point five four times more often than women and white Males accounted for sixty nine point six seven percent of suicide deaths in two thousand seventeen. So that was two almost three years ago. So let's just go ahead and round that up to seventy percent. Seventy percent of suicide deaths in the U.S. is white males. Suicide is the tenth leading cause of death in the U.S. And I, I personally, personally, this is all from my personal perspective. Uh, feel like a lot of this stems from not being able to. One, be who you want to be. Mm-hmm. I feel like, uh, again, the people that fall within those numbers were told, you go to school, you work, you get your retirement, you die. Absolutely. That's exactly right? what that generation was before. I mean, us. that's that's not something that is questioned, right? Like, that's a, that's that's a narrative. That was an agenda that was pushed on them. Mm-hmm. You buy a fucking house, you get your nice little car, mm-hmm. and you, start, ha- you, you start having a... Yeah, exactly, right? You mm-hmm. fall in line. So that definitely pushes people over the edge because they are scared to break the mold and mm-hmm. they have no outlet, right? So w- when you think about that age group, I, I'm sh- I'm sure it was 45 to 54. Like mm-hmm. those are the people, those are the men that suffered the most, right? Uh, but now, nowadays, being a little bit more progressive, right, with like millennials and uh, I don't remember if it's... Gen I can never remember generations. What they're yeah, I don't know what it is. Z yeah, and then new, and then and I feel like a fucking gen crosser because don't know what people were called who were younger than me. <laughs> feel like one of them. It's funny how we'll still we'll take shots at millennials, but I guess technically we are millennials. No, no, hundred percent we're millennials. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's funny, but 100%. then even within the millennial umbrella, there is different subcategories of it, millennials are people who were born from eighty five to two thousand. There you go. Yeah, between those two. Yeah. So what are the the you know the eighteen year olds now who were born in two thousand one? Super uh, millennials. No, those are Gen Y. Now we're gonna have to look up and get the science behind this. This but is cool. But yeah, but uh, you know, just going back to, you see how, and this also correlates to because you know, we want to focus a lot on toxic masculinity and male health in this episode, because what does it directly correlate to? Us as men, mm-hmm. and therefore who we interact with in our lives. Our girlfriends, our wives, or our partners—if we, uh, to our, you know, our homosexual buddies out there—you um, know—then our children, whether uh, you know, birth or adopted, it, like any, it, the people we love. That's mm-hmm. what it sums up to. The people mm-hmm. we love is who it directly affects when we are not right in our minds as men. And why is that? Because for so long we weren't, you know, 
talking about your feelings is a weakness. Mm-hmm. Opening up is a weakness, which how we see these days. And the more we start this conversation, and we wrote out, and we wrote out with a lot of our other bros. Right. It's just said the word bro way too many times. Way too many times. Um, but I have never seen more bold displays of strength, especially now, like, going and getting more into church and the things of that nature, which um, I don't want to make it specific to that because church is wherever you make it, you know, wherever you have strong right. um, faith and energy connection with your people. So um, I don't want to, you know, make it specific to that. Mm-hmm. But I've never seen more bold declarations of strength than when a, a man can be vulnerable and embrace those around him with yeah love, with love and understanding yeah absolutely it's kind of like a breakthrough yeah it like really having a breakthrough like there's nothing stronger like yes there's something strong to be said when a man's like okay whatever buckle down i'll get this done mm-hmm. and and because you just got to get shit done like hey yeah. that's the objective copy that let's go um but you can only do that for so long before it starts becoming detrimental because you don't exhaust any of that stress yeah and you don't let anybody in those walls that you've put up as a man right not even your girlfriends your wives you know your children whatever yeah and it's exhausting to maintain that extremely like that's it, exactly it, what probably happens with these with yeah these men in the age group they just right? get tired uh just to clarify i was yeah. totally fucking wrong on these generations so gen z is 95 to 2015 okay. millennials are 80 to 94 and gen crossers are 65 to 79 boomers are 44 to 64 yeah that was it so gen z is 95 to 2015 so gen, yeah. generation x gen y oh we're gen y is millennials okay cool so that's us you notice how the cat <laughs> So they have these hipster little graphics to represent yeah. um, males in this one. So Gen Z is a clean-shaven face and kind of like a little faux hockey-looking hair and uh, uh, a hoodie. Millennials is definitely what we're rocking right now <laughs> of a nice tight fade on the sides, yep. long hair up top, either faux hawk or slip back or pompadour, and a beard and a V-neck. And a V-neck. <laughs> the V-neck? Do I feel per- I feel like attacked with the V-neck? little bit yeah because i wore v-necks for a little while and then i, st- I, I stopped right now actually Daniel. true this is the only one i have though I i'm gonna make my own fucking v-necks at this point now yeah. that's what i'm doing you that's remember when real. the deep plunge v-necks came oh, out to where you were seeing yeah. belly button dude it's not a v-neck bro that's what a, i mean I, I know we're trying to rebrand the male brand but that's not cool for that's anybody I don't need that much chest hair. I don't need that much clavicle, bro. I don't need that much chest hair. Like, hey, if you want to flex a V-neck. But, I mean, my my bitch ass. I remember when I first got my collar tattoo or whatever. I was like, oh, got to wear V-necks all the time now. And that was, you know, hey, that's a perfect example of male uh, toxic masculinity. And because that's <laughs> a big chunk, it is right. Yeah. Um, because that's a big chunk of today's topic, and we're gonna go into a lot of other uh, hot topics. Word. But um, we speak on this because we can speak from this. Just like yeah. anything to do with tech, either because we never want to harp on on you guys on the family listening in. We're not ever preaching on y'all. We're we're on the same level and we're all having conversations because we yeah. see from experience. We've been those dudes who fell short in our relationships. We've been those dudes who have been assholes. We've been those yeah. dudes who have been belligerent and and so we, you know excuse me. There is a better way to carry yourself in this life as a man yeah and so yeah none of this is all oh, let me you know criticize and no, no, like let's, let's talk let's put right. this all on the cutting board together right and, and figure this out together. and it's definitely not to be disrespectful towards anybody who doesn't fall under the category of man right because that's 
that's the only perspective we can speak on. Like that's it. You know what I mean? I don't want to speak for anybody else. For right now. And sure. We we're, we're learning and growing as we reach out to other communities and learn people who you know identify themselves with whatever they choose to, which is their choice, and we support them and love them no matter what. Yeah. So as our perspectives can somewhat relate to their communities and grow from there, then we can kind of see things a little differently. Right. Them. But for the time being, when we're just two dumbasses having a good time. Well, I think this you this know? topic in particular is is male male oriented mm-hmm. not that males don't already have everything oriented towards them but as he, i mean it's a real thing it, it really is a male uh, male privilege is really a real thing but at the same time so are extremely high suicide rates in men you know what i mean mm-hmm. like that's rough yeah that's a rough dis- statistic to look yeah. at so, the statistic. Um, so yeah so people want to be like oh fuck man fuck man and blah 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 but also, like, look, like we make up the most suicides. So yeah. there is a correlation no, between I, there's something wrong in between. Yeah, I definitely understand the fuck men movement. Of course. Right? I definitely understand that. We but have you have to understand, you have to understand, like, I wasn't part of that group of men right. that did, like. I'm not a 45-year-old man who either neglected or, right. or harassed women. And don't get me wrong. fucked up the economy. I, I, don't get me wrong. I definitely have been an asshole in some cases. And I was not particular on whether somebody was male or female. I've been an asshole to both. So. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and that's not cool. Definitely not no, cool. Not something I'm fucking proud of. I'm not preaching that. Mm-hmm. But, you know what I'm saying? I, just, I wasn't particular on who was in front of me. Like, you yeah, know, it's it just is. one of those things. And But to, to I don't know how to put this. Take your time. Uh, <laughs> but I definitely want to get the point across that, like, the things that we are doing aren't just for men like what like what you're saying right what, what we're talking about are not ju- just for men yeah you got gray <laughs> in your beard no, uh <laughs> you know what's funny is that that new york times article mm-hmm. mentioned uh i can pull it right back up. so it says here that gillette oh. gillette released an advertisement titled we believe the best men can be a spinoff of its long time, the best men, the best, the best a man can get. Slogan. Right. Mm-hmm. So it it challenges viewers to confront the Me Too, the Me Too and uh, and to- Me Too movement and toxic masculinity. So oh. rather Me than Too and issues of toxic masculinity. Right. Okay. So rather than the best woman a man can get, which is what they're. Or like it was a play on words, right? Mm-hmm. Because Gillette is the best razor the best you man can, man can get, right? Remember the advertising back then? Yeah, yeah. Clean yeah. shaven face, guy with an eight pack, hot babe. That's yeah, what you get. at the bar. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Rather the best, the mansion. best men can be. Like, yeah. so you see how even major corporations now that are like, yeah, that's what we believe. Don't get me wrong, that's in. still part of their agenda. Oh, Just so anybody knows, that's so that way people like myself, a millennial would be more inclined to buy from a brand that is like, oh, they're really taking on the Me Too movement, mm-hmm. huh? Yeah. Granted, I don't shave, so, eh, fuck you. Um, <laughs> well, I do. I love rocking my baby face. And, uh, I mean, yeah, you got to give credit to a corporation. Like, yes, they are doing a new spin. We all know, and I love that in today's modern time, we are much more awake and aware of what is going on in our world. So, are they still just worried about the bottom dollar? Absolutely. But, um, you know, when they gear towards... All right, be safe. Um, don't abuse your privilege of standing up, you male. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so this, you know, seeing this article in this industry, like, yes, yes, we get, you know, reiterating, all they're worried about is their bottom dollar. They got to make that money as a global brand of, you know, Gillette razors and um, shaving products. But to see them, you know, at least somewhat embracing. The um the image and the message behind it went from 
you know, quote their slogan, the best a man can get, Gillette, end quote, to now it is, quote, we believe the best men can be, end quote. And, you know, like, so that is some improvement. It says it challenges viewers to confront the hashtag Me Too movement and issues of, quote, toxic masculinity that manifest in acts like bullying and catcalling. So in their advertising, um, oh, sorry, it's continue. It suggests that men ab abandon the boys will be boys mentality and instead hold other men accountable for misogynistic attitudes and behavior. <sighs> so, I mean, that that is awesome to see because, you know, how long in in our generation of we've always heard, oh, boys will be boys, it's okay. Oh, boys will be boys, it's okay. Um, it's not okay. We clearly know now that, oh, we getting a little cozy? No, I didn't no, that's what I'm saying. I was like, what, what, what do we got instead now? Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. I was going to say, I was like, no, I was, no, I was going to say, do your thing. I embrace the commando movement. More natural. Maybe that's a thing. Maybe if men embrace their, uh, their reproductive organs more as being a part of their body instead of a tool, uh, we'd be more comfortable. Wow, that. that's interesting. Yeah. Because I think too many men are obsessed with their dicks <laughs> as is. In, a, in the <laughs> wrong light. They're just thinking, what? No, so this is, this is something that I've come across of in, you know, my whole year of being single and, and healing and blah, 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 which I get real hippie-ish about it. Um, well, that's cool. There's nothing wrong with being in touch with yourself. Again, something <laughs> that should... No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> something that should be embraced is also joke. being in touch with yourself, right? As a man, you don't have to have this identity of the macho dude, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you can be a fucking dude that's into art or mm -hmm. into gardening or have those interests Shout that, out to all my plants. Yeah, word. Uh, mm -hmm. Into fucking sewing or something like yeah. you can have those traits or those interests mm -hmm. and there's nothing like you're still a man you're bro. Still, yeah, I like mean, it's not like the car you drive or the activities or the hobbies you have do not define you as a man you are a man i think the one i saw was your your bartending buddy posted this one time um oh yeah yeah, yeah. and um but it was pretty good and it was um you know um orange county choppers the dad and the son they're all big macho dudes in this yeah of course yeah we know them uh, well, not personally, but yes, they are known. So Speak for yourself. Wow, well, you are kidding. popular. No. But yeah, so it was like, I guess an episode, and it was like clip, you know, stills of them yelling at each other, and then people edit the caption. Oh, yeah, the meme. Like, yeah. Yeah, the meme yeah, when they're in the office, yeah. Yeah. Well, his was good from his bartender, um, you know, what he does, is, uh, you know, make me a drink. Well, what do you want? I don't know anything that's in a masculine glass. And he was like, "What do you like? What do you mean? You are the man. The glass is masculine." Yeah, so many, exactly. Right? That's how hilarious. How many times? And I know neither one of us are heavy, uh, too heavy of drinkers anymore. No, but we can all not. speak from experience of like, you go to a craft cocktail bar or something like that, and you see their house menu, and a lot of these these days they have little images of like what the glass comes. Yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have seen that? Yeah, but if if you didn't see it in the past, you know, like you'd order back. Like, oh, you read the ingredients, what the mixology is, and this, and be like, oh, that sounds good. And it gets delivered in like a champagne glass or like a gin, you know, tall skinny glass. Yeah. Something like that. And, and you're like, what's this? Yeah, and you're like, oh, the fuck, I didn't order this. Or it has a little garnish on it that might be like a little plant or something. Dude, like that. Go <laughs> hear, for it. hear me out, everybody. There's nothing wrong with fucking drinking a margarita the in a nice glass as a man. <laughs> it's fucking rad. Nothing. Imagine that. Like, how many of uh, our brothers out there are so insecure with their masculinity that, like, not nah, just give me a Bud Light, it's beer, it's a good go to? What the fuck? And, like, bro, like, fucking, if your drink comes with a little garnish of a flower or a petal or some shit like on it, but it is strong af. 
I'm not and even worried about the strength. Good. I'm worried about the flavor profile. Well, yeah, well, here, you want to enjoy it. Here, yeah. check this out. Here's how you assert your male dominance when your uh, when your <laughs> drink comes with an umbrella and a flower petal. You fucking eat both of them. <laughs> straight into the, down into the gullet. Just shoot the garnish. Just make direct eye contact the with the entire venue the whole time. Now everybody knows you're a man. Yep. <laughs> Even though you drink fucking sweet drinks or fruity drinks, now everybody knows you're a man. And you also get a very good life lesson of learning that, hey, you have an allergic reaction to roses. Yeah. So yeah, let's don't get it and get you uh, to the hospital before your esophagus closes up. Yeah. So, you know, hey. That's it's a win-win in my book. You learned what you're allergic to, and you dominated your male <laughs> your, your, assert, your assert your dominance. Yeah, but that's a silly idea, man. That's exactly. a so uh, yeah. I know that that's a silly example of the drink you drink at a craft cocktail bar. But see how it relates to every category of of you know how fragile. Oh, was it doing the rattle thing? Oh, I was like, what the fuck is rattling in front of me? We're having an earthquake in Texas. No, before um, you go any further, let me shut my mouth. One of the things that I want to address is the craft beer culture, okay. because craft beer culture. You serve different beers in different glasses, mm-hmm. right? It, some beers are more aromatic. Uh, I think that's the word. Aromatic, yeah. yeah. And they... you use like a tulip glass. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody's seen a tulip glass. They sit on stems. Yeah. And they look like a fucking daiquiri glass sometimes. Yeah, they're a little... Uh... But everybody uses them and not one person, not one dude is like, <laughs> lame. Yeah. <laughs> You're dumb. Like What's up you with, your, uh, with your glass there, What's bro? up with your glass, bro? Like, no, everybody's drinking out of a tulip glass. Mm-hmm. And and those beer, beers, beer, plural, however you want to do it. Burrs. Them brews are still delicious, and everyone's oh, having yeah. a great time nonetheless. Mm. So why is that, you know, people know that when they're going to a craft beer garden? Yeah. Oh, you got to wonder where their mentality changes when they go to a craft cocktail bar. Yeah, or Isn't like walking into a place and being like, no, nah, I only drink whiskey. It's like. One, one, okay, one well, whiskey. we're a gin establishment, so what are you going <laughs> to do? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and their girl really likes gin, and he just yeah. ruined the whole thing. Don't get me wrong. You if know? those are things that you are into, like if you love whiskey, exactly. I mean, but we're not shunning that. No, but, of course yeah, not. The there's this how sensitive. There's this know, store called be. the Pursue. I can't remember what it's called. Mm-hmm. I just drew a blank. This, the Sporting District, I think, at the Pearl. Okay. And it's really cool. It's like a. I was into like you know beard oils and male products. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right like high end jeans, high end belts, high end mm-hmm. shirts, like really cool shit, like yeah. a gin making kit, a craft beer making kit, like mm-hmm. all of that. All that Straight shit is cool. Razors, yeah, exactly. Like all that shit is cool. It is cool. But I just see, like, I don't understand how you can put the male identity in a store. They do it all the time. How? They do like, it in everything. You know they I mean? do it like from the trucks that they drive to the Levi's that they wear to... Dude, the truck was a big one for me. Yeah. Because I got a truck when I was 18. My dad gave me a truck to drive, and I was like, mm. <laughs> just like that and mm. now i'm like i think i'm gonna sell my truck and get a corolla <laughs> like, I don't, you know what i mean like, i don't well, give same a thing shit with me how i i was still struggling with the whole thing like you know i drive a dodge charger you know masculine car or whatever kind of you know it's poor car it's made to look like that it it's is. boxy i mean you know, boxy it's an aggressive means stance it's yeah, got base. edges you know what i mean like yeah. it's meant to be like a hard car yeah so and before we crunched the numbers and realized it is best for me to just stay with that right now, I was like strongly like I was actively shopping around for like a Jetta or a Passat. Yeah. Or because you you realize and that's what we're realizing, you know, maturing as the individual men that we are. That dudes, bros, it's not the car, the truck, the cocktail. It's not your fucking beer. identity. It's not your identity as a man, guys. Yeah, that's not your identity. It's really not like the the not even your job, what you do. Fuck like you no. see all the time, you get got these guys like. And we, I speak from this experience of, you know, having a background in construction and oil right. and utility and plumbing, things like that. For the longest time, I thought like, oh, this is what a man's man is supposed to do and this and that and blah, 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 blah. 
that's not your identity. No. Like, that's just what you do for cash. Like, <laughs> that's literally what you do. You sell your time for cash, and yeah. it comes in many different forms. That's it. So if you're like, oh, I'm a manly man, I'm a construction worker, and this and that, but then you go home and you neglect your wife and children, you know, paying attention to them because you're so tired. Well, you're not much of a man. Yeah, you Sorry dead. if that's a direct shot to anyone and they take it personally, but I can speak from that experience yeah. of having been in steel toes and hard hats for 10 to 12 hours a day and then having minimal energy and attention towards my girlfriend at the time who I was very committed to. Um, so, yeah, I speak from experience and I can say, hey, you're not that good of a fucking man if that's what you're doing, guys. Yeah, if that's the if that's the idea that you have of yeah, a man. If like that is your identity as a man, hey, you're falling short. Yeah, sure. Step it up, bros. Now... If not, if you're on the end of like, hey, I can bust, I can be on the top top of a, you know, high rise on a construction site or out there in the trenches, laying utility lines or whatever in an oil field. And you can come home and have that integrity and that self of like, hey, that's what I did to earn my money. And now it's time to devote time and attention and energy and love to my wife right. or to my husband, whatever, or to the kids mm-hmm. or to your family that you have responsibilities to. Right. That's how you can donate yourself as a man. Yeah. When yeah, you're like, absolutely. hey, I'm not the oil field guy. I'm not the construction worker. I'm not the lawyer. I'm not the doctor. I am me. I am Joshua. I am Alec. I am Jerry. I am Trey. I am mm-hmm. Carlos. No matter what I do to earn my income or take care of my family, I am still me. And it's still time to, to yeah. commit my energy and love to those people. That yeah, you can walk away from that at the end of the day and say, you know what? I am a man who is a dad and who fucking loves to cook when he gets home. And mm-hmm. Do all types of other bullshit. You know, it doesn't matter. Paint in the garage for a little doesn't matter what it is that you are doing, right? These things, these ideas that art isn't hard or music, right? Like certain, like mm-hmm. being a singer or, or oh, you're going to school, like, isn't, working a full time like, job, isn't oh, hard. That like that's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Who are you to say what's hard? You're not. It's everyone's perspective. Yeah. And if you traded places with that artist for a week, you'd yeah. be tapping out and say, hey, give me my hard hat and steal those pants. Yeah. Because that shit is difficult. And, and, you know, life is difficult as it is. Yeah. So when you want to identify yourself as a man with what you drive or what you do to earn an income and this and that, you're setting yourself up on a weak foundation. Yeah. Yeah. And to go really back to are. the perspective of like being a hard dude, mm-hmm. I think I feel like I do know some hard guys, but my definition of being like mm-hmm. that type of guy is definitely different. Way Not different. some asshole that is always ready to go and going to beat somebody's ass. Like, mm-hmm. no, I think of people who are hard are, are like solid guys. Mm-hmm. Like they're solid guys who know who they are and they foundation. Is yeah, strong. their foundation is strong. That's what I'm that's what mm-hmm. I'm looking for when I'm like, yeah, that dude, he's fucking hard, man. Like mm-hmm. he he he's a really solid dude. He's a good guy and he mm-hmm. knows where he's at in life. Right? Not this fucking guy who's like like in my opinion, somebody who is always ready to go, somebody who is always ra- amp- amp- ramped up and and amped up. I guess both words work. Nice. Uh and don't get me wrong, I've been in I've had those days and she's fucking called me out before where men I am women. on edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's not everybody. particular to men or you know, anybody. Yeah, but for this example, yeah. Right, where but that person tends to be broken. Like they feel like they have a reason to be that way because they have to defend themselves all the time. When you feel like you have to defend yourself all of the time, like you really have to do some soul searching mm-hmm. and you have to figure out what is wrong mm-hmm. because you don't have to defend yourself all the time. Don't. The world is not against you. Not yeah. everybody's gunning for your position. The world is and isn't against you. Yes no, like yeah, it is against you in the fact that you do have to work hard for everything. Like nothing is handed out to you. But I'm, I'm saying in the sense, sorry to interrupt, but of that smaller level of that dude who's like, you can't, that that woman and her boyfriend or husband can't go to the bar without and be like, hey, what the fuck is that guy oh, looking yeah, at? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that sense of yeah, the world's out to get, like, 
like man you got some stuff inside exactly how you said internals yeah. are broken so yeah. you're projecting externally yeah. of being Mr. Mom. Those insecurities are definitely bleeding. Like imagine talking to your boys about insecurities. You barely say that in a group of your boys. Oh bros, dude, I'm ready you'll to see people squirming. I'm ready to fucking turn this thing on its ear because mm-hmm. there are some dudes that I want to commend from work in particular who are amazing. I'm not going to name them because yeah, I don't want them to be like, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Sure but I ha- I never would have thought in a million years that these people would have ever came to me or lent you know, like lend it out that helping hand if I ever needed it. And it's incredible, right? Yeah. Like the group of guys that we talk to, right? The people that we have um, shared interest with and who are similar to ourselves, right? And mm-hmm. wanting to like improve on themselves and be better people. Like, I think we all do a fucking hell of a job. Here comes the circle jerk, right? Yeah. <laughs> we all Everybody do. make direct eye contact. Yeah, out. <laughs> here it comes. We well, all see, do a hell of a job. Quick, that's a good example of. Why do we have to joke about it right there? Like, yes, it is funny, circle jerk. But you, you see know, because how I feel like I don't want anybody to come over here and be like, oh, well, if you don't get commended enough. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, but I mean, that's their choice of how they feel if they do come sure. over. Sure. You know, so that's on them. But do you but know what's crazy? As yeah, a, as a man who jerk. does work two part time jobs, right? I work hard at both my jobs. I Your gen- two part time jobs are pretty much full time. I genuinely don't feel like I do get any. Like, I don't get commended, any like, at work. credit or any acknowledgement? Not so much that. It's, like, every once in a while, a pat on the fucking back is really cool. Yeah. And that's also something that has to change. Like, uh, the environment that we work in mm-hmm. is very well known for criticizing in public. Yeah. Rather than in private, right? Mm-hmm. You praise in private, you criticize. I mean, you praise in public, you criticize in private. Yeah, they reverse it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, here's this fucking ass chewing for everybody. Mm-hmm. In it, front of everybody at the morning meeting. Yeah, but nobody gets a good job. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, what does that do for morale? What does that do for temperament? It's degrading. And a lot of people, a lot, can't hang with that. No. And and it's not their job to, like, you know, um, you know me, I'm not going to toot my own horn or whatever, but there's been moments, like, in our morning meetings inside to where, like, if I made him sick or whatever, but I also have that, that comfort level with leadership. Right. Where they can be like, hey, good fuck up yesterday. And I'll be like, hey, answer your phone next time so I'm not stuck there all day. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. I can go back and forth, and some people can. So to where if I'm put on display for my shortcomings, right. I can roll with the punches. Oh, yeah, absolutely. A lot of people can't. And even sometimes I don't enjoy it. But you know and what? They shouldn't have They to. shouldn't have to, exactly. exactly. They should not have to. That's not – that is definitely still – even though I can roll with it, is that the ideal workplace environment? Not really. No. <laughs> Just because I can handle it doesn't mean that everybody else yeah. is going to handle it and doesn't mean that they have to. Like, nobody should have to deal with being berated. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going to be, like, treated that way, like, I definitely can give it back. You know what yeah. I mean? And in, and most of the time it's like a, a just a jab, taking mm-hmm. a joke, right, making a joke or yeah. something like but that. you see, a lot of people can't even take jabs. No. But then and, – and a lot of people, especially – then you, you really have to do a better job of looking – retrospectively yeah because if they can't take a jab at work and you're like oh stop being a little bitch at work bro right take a step back and then be like hey maybe they have a million other variables in their day-to-day yep. life and work is just somewhere where they come to earn a earn a living and yep. they they don't need something you know just setting them off yeah maybe they got their kids maybe they're a single father which we do have a couple of yeah we do have we do have and those. shout out to all the single dads out there which i don't think get enough credit and I will stand firmly on that because the single dads who, and I mean legit single dads, right. like in their situation, the mom was the one who was uh, more or less incapable oh, yeah. and less responsible. The dad got majority custody, which does not happen often. Does not happen often. And they don't get nearly as much acknowledgement. Like, hey, man, you stepped up. She fell short. And that happens. You yeah. Know? 
of course, like what 99% of the women have to deal with that of men falling out and right. ditching on the family. But so for our single dads out there who do hold it down, who do love their children, who their daughters and sons come first, shout out to them. That is incredible. Yeah. That's a hard man right yeah, there. Yeah. I knew a, I knew a guy quite well uh, when I was working at Simply Mac out in Lubbock. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out West Texas. <laughs> don't shout that <laughs> no. out. It's so boring. Tumbleweeds. Tumbleweeds are a real thing for people who don't know. Uh, but he was my boss for a little while. And he was a single dad for a little while as well. And he went to school full time and worked full time and was a full time <laughs> single parent. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's impressive. Yep. But nobody's gonna turn around and look at him and be like, Hey man, good job. They're like, Oh wow, that's a surprise. You know what I mean? Which yeah. is like a fucked up narrative to have. Like, why why is it surprising? Because he's a man and you would have expected him to walk out, right? Yeah, when like a man is actually doing good in all the areas he's supposed to. It's like okay, it's met with sass, you know. Yeah, so, it's yeah like, like oh, well, mm. I didn't expect anything less from him. It's like, what the fuck, what like, the fuck how about does that some mean? Positive reinforcement, a yeah, bit of good acknowledgement. Yeah, exactly. So, which some people might hate on, but well, fuck y'all, y'all want to, like, yeah, no, okay, well, any, whatever, fuck <laughs> you can't please everybody. <laughs> yeah, you really can't. But I think that does deserve some credit. Is that, uh, yeah, when you see those dads out there who are like they are good men, they are yeah, strong, they're strong and they will dudes. do what it takes if they're a single father. That's or not. a fucking hard dude. It is. That's hard. That's yeah. I think going back to your point, which is a great point of what yeah. is a hard dude. That guy's got a solid foundation. He's yeah. got a great head on his shoulders, and he knows what the fuck is up. Like that's all there is that's to it. That's a hard man. The guy who goes into the bar every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night, and sometimes is at brunch Sunday fun day, fucking up the vibe there too. Yeah. Who's ready just to throw down? That's not hard. That's, that's insecure. Not hard. That's loud. What do they say? Insecurities are loud. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh Anyways. yeah. Yeah. Not, and I'm not harping on any of the dudes out there who feel they can kind of identify with that because I was that dude. For yeah, so long. no, and definitely. And if you're the type of person that wants to make a change, hey man, let's fucking do it. Let's like, do let's it. do it We're together. Like again, I am the th- I, I don't think I'm better than anybody. I mm. don't have this idea that I will be the best version of me always. I want to be the better version of me as often as I can. But some days I'm gonna have bad fucking days, man. They just come and. You know, I'm down to share them with anybody, but mm-hmm. I also want those people to share their bad days with me. Like, that's it. Beautiful. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's, you know, we're never on this channel going to preach that, like, or excuse me, this podcast that, oh, you know, this is the ideal image of what it should be. And if anything less is a shortcoming, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. No. It's us talking about how we can daily try our best to be our best version of ourselves. Yeah. And on the days where it doesn't happen, hey, that's okay. Right. Roll the punches, go with the flow. Yep. Ride the tide. And uh, how can we improve on it and just make a better move the next time around? Yeah, exactly. You know? But yeah, I, I want to go back to like commending some of the people that have come forward and, and yes, like opened up it. and acknowledged it. Like huge. one thing in particular was like for me, mm-hmm. when I first started doing it was seeing a therapist, right? I don't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did it. I had a few sessions and it was like huge shout out to our therapist. Yeah, it was it was a cool thing to do. Right. And 15, 20 years ago, like to have that knowledge public would have been like, what's wrong with that guy? Like, you know what I mean? But but dude, you know who's crazy and who's crazy in a good way. And I love it. But has also like shared that he's had therapists. There's two people, Mm -hmm. of course, both white males, but (laughs) uh, Chris D'Elia and Theo Vaughn, like both those guys have talked about their really like, yeah, yeah, guys and guys that gravitate towards the starter, but Charlemagne the God breakfast club. Oh yeah. Charlemagne. Huge advocate. Yeah, dude. Fucking hate him. You know? Wow. Really? Yeah. I dislike Charlemagne. Get the fuck out of here. I dislike Charlemagne. Are you serious? Get the fuck out of here. We're going to arm wrestle. After this. That's perfectly. You'll win a hundred percent. No, more powerful man than I am. No, fuck you. you hate, yeah, he's not for everybody. I love him. Charlemagne, he's um. Hey man, 
I think he gets like makeup or something done when he's on camera. He looks a little too flawless. I think he like threw Angela Yee out of a fucking Escalade one time because she was making fun of him for getting his skin bleached. So he left. He tried to like leave her on the street. Was it maybe was it Angela Yee or somebody? Why are you bring that up, man. That's a was that was that her? Right? He tried to throw her out of a truck or something like that. And then that one time he got jumped out of the studio, jumped out out in front of the studio. Like that was pretty yeah, gnarly. Yeah, get jumped. Yeah, I think that was by like. Uh, yeah, but my 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 rant on like Charlemagne the God. He's just a fucking. The guy likes to poke the bear. Like well, that's, that's all job. he that's does. That's why he's still the only. Him and the Breakfast Club are the longest standing morning radio show. They're pretty much the lone wolves now. Yeah. Because of uh, the energy he brings to us. Oh, fuck you. I love he you, loves man. to poke the fucking bear. Not and to then, go on a tangent on that because I was advocating for therapy <laughs> awareness. Maybe the maybe community. he has maybe he has done some good things for for men though. I I don't. You should know. look into him more. Maybe yeah. Don't be, no, he's done great. He's very he's because he's full on. He talked about how he was how we talked about this for the episode mm-hmm. how um. Who knows if we'll get more into this in this episode or in, in uh, future episodes, but how it is a very serious issue in the black community in America of young teenage boys, like their first primary sexual encounters are by much older women. Oh, yeah, yeah, we did yeah. talk about that. So, yeah, so we did. So you got 14, 15, 16-year-old um, young black boys in black communities in America, and their first full-blown sexual encounter is with women who are in, like, mid-20s, late 20s, early 30s. Whether it's, you know, auntie down the street or friend of the family where they're teachers. Mm-hmm. That's not okay. Yeah. And they're not addressing that in those communities. And it happens in, you know, it can happen in Latin communities or white Yeah, communities what, what have you. To where, you know, if that is a 14-year-old boy's first sexual encounter, he's fucked up in the head. Yeah. And nobody, they're like, they joke about it like, oh, like, oh, you got to fuck your teacher. <laughs> Good yeah, job. that's also something that needs to change. Like, Definitely needs to change. Okay, we need to take this idea out that a young boy having sex with a teacher who is much older than him is a laughable thing, right? Mm-hmm. And we just need to remember that that is a child. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, or even the, the 18-year-old high school senior and the teacher is, like, 26. Like, yeah, that's a closer age gap or whatever. Still not okay. Yeah. still a fully developed woman who knows what she's doing. Even though that, that is kid isn't a No, an he's 18. Adult, no, were technically. You a, were you a man at 18? No, 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 no. Not a man, no. but an adult. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's a legal age. Adult with a lowercase a. <laughs> yeah because <laughs> yeah. yeah definitely yeah your, your your body or the way you're physically developing yeah but still 18 years old in the male category is still very much a boy a rabid animal tasmanian devil nah, that one is a little touchy because i mean it, it can it, go both ways like i mean yeah i knew some when i was 18 years old i had some peers who were way more mature and they were like sure oh, okay, i got you know my head on my shoulders where me and the buddies I was like, i'm talking like much, you know, yeah i'm talking like yeah. 15 and 16 year old boys though like those are children well I, that's what i'm saying i just don't want to sell like the 17 and 18 year old boy short too because that's an issue as well i mean 17 year olds are still children wow you have a hard line at this 18 huh yeah 18 i mean <laughs> dude fucking parents kick their kids out at 18 why is that just like this golden number in our society's <laughs> mind because you graduate high school like which that's means it. What? Exactly right. Which, which means, means what? what? High school. Oh, you're ready to join the working class or go to college and be successful. Yeah, exactly. You are still a fucking child. Yeah, you, you have, have no idea. idea. There's <laughs> that was a bro moment. There's 30 year old male children. So I don't. Oh, there's 30 year old men with children who have no fucking idea. Still. Like, all right, junior. See you later. I'm gonna go ride. You know, the motorcycles with the boys all weekend. And God, dude. Days, even though you're a miniature human version of me. Ridiculous. So, but yes. Um. Yes, there is definitely more severity of the issue when it's a 14, 13, 14, 15 year old. So, um, I, I like how I said, it's like, I don't know if I'm going to tangent on this, and I did, so fuck it. <laughs> but yes, how he's a strong advocate for that in the black community in America. That is his audience, that's who he uh, strongly gravitates towards. Yes, there is men in all colors, creeds, and ethnic backgrounds in America who are affected by similar situations. Yeah. But that's what he gravitates towards, so he is adamant about it. He was like, hey, 
you know, quote unquote, this is Charlamagne the God Breakfast Club. You know, my black men seek therapy for th- these issues and issues similar to this. Yeah. He tells all time. So imagine you see uh, a powerful uh, media icon like Charlamagne the God, and then you have like rappers in there like like YG and Yuck Thug and and um, who was in there one time? Um, he, he's uh, uh, gosh, I'm having a brain fart. He has um, Fifty African. Cent. No, well, I think Fifty Cent has been an advocate for therapy too. Um, there he is. I was gonna say he has like strong African ties, like actual real Wyclef Jean. Uh, he had uh, him on there. Wyclef oh, Jean's dude, there. Wyclef Jean, that's a man. He's a fucking man. Yeah, and, that's uh, a dude. That's a that's a rad guy. He's a, he's a badass. Isn't individual. he a or wasn't he? Um, but he's actually like from Africa. No, he's from yeah. Haiti. Is he from? He's Haitian. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Wyclef Jean is Haitian. We have the reference now. Then who was Word. it? Who's Damn it. Here I am being ignorant or whatever. Um. But no, he did have a rapper on there that's like legit, like from Africa. Um, so not African American, but you know, um, and uh, and, and so they were full on advocating for that. Like, hey, like Haitian rapper. I'm a piece of shit. I mean, no, it's just get my facts right. Hey, that's why we have you here to check check me in my ignorance. True. So. But yes, so uh, so yes, that was specific in that community. So don't hate on Charlemagne or do whatever you want. Yeah, uh, you know. <laughs> You know, I'm sure he's an all right. There, you know, I'm sure he's an all right guy. This uh, this other article that I have pulled up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sorry to take away from that real quick, but no. uh, bottom line of that one was, uh, hey, therapy's okay. Oh yeah, therapy is definitely okay. You can be a healthy individual and still go to therapy. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, well, as the data has shown, more healthier individuals do come out of therapy. Yeah, yeah. no shit, right? Uh, but this this article from the American Psychology Association: Harmful Masculinity and Violence. There's a uh, there's a, a prevention in response to multiple risk factors. Mm-hmm. This is a cool thing to also uh, an idea to grab onto and mm-hmm. run with it. It says uh, on. Uh, promoting healthy relationship skills that decrease adolescence acceptance of traditional gender role norms and dating violence. Now, granted, I'm not the type of person that wants to... I'm, I'm so sorry to interrupt. Can you repeat that again? Because that is a strong statement. Yeah, absolutely. So promote okay. promote healthy relationship skills that decrease adolescence acceptance of traditional gender role norms and dating violence. Boom. Go. Uh, so I am not the type of person to put a stress like convincing my kid that they are Mm non-binary i'm not that individual and i and i I don't care i really don't care i don't give a fuck what people think but that's not okay to do Mm -hmm. it really isn't because that's a growing mind we do want to make sure that those hard lines that society has created as gender role norms Mm -hmm. begin to get blurred and ultimately dissipate right we we want everybody so to understand the people know where your head's at. fucking cooking Boom. that's like the biggest thing so simple fucking Women's cooking places in the kitchen i'm sorry is this fucking 1951 even in 1951 that was not okay, okay. Exactly. <laughs> you know imagine how many like men culinary artists back then they were just smothered by their own fragile masculine identity oh man imagine if they're like badasses in the kitchen but like, nope my place is out there serving our nation or that would suck man thing. but you know like i said take it back to 1950s whatever they're thinking but shout then. out guy fieri because awesome Guy Fieri is awesome. Gordon Ramsay, because awesome. And uh, RIP to the late and great Anthony Bourdain. Anthony Bourdain. Just kidding, Guy Fieri. Not that great. Yeah, the weird blonde <laughs> beard or whatever going on. I don't know what that is. Yeah, um, what's going on with his face. Yeah, but, <laughs> but yeah, that, that's a good point a because... of Something as simple as cooking. Yeah. Who said that that... Like, who gave that gender role norm and why is that the norm of... To women. 
the dude is what the the husband is supposed to be reading the newspaper at the table, just ready and waiting, waiting for, for his dinner. meat and potatoes. Yeah, like get the fuck up, Todd. I get seriously think that that all that kind of shit is definitely part of the agenda. It is. I it definitely yeah preconditioning one hundred percent. And yeah. I'm not one of those people that's conspiracy theorist or anything like that, but there's hard evidence of I certain pre- <laughs> certain preconditioning and lizard and people. What did you say? Lizard people. Oh, lizard people were real. Hillary Clinton is a lizard. She, well, is she a witch or a lizard? She's a lizard. lizard She's witch. a reptilian. 100%. Yeah, something's going on there. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, 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 that's one yeah, of the... You don't mind the conspiracy theories. No, but that's so. one of the biggest things. Like, mm-hmm. <sighs> adolescence <laughs> acceptance of traditional gender role norms and dating violence. Boom. That in and of itself is just really, really important because... Again, you don't want these kids to be preconditioned to bullshit. Mm-hmm. Bullshit like when well, my mom's supposed to be cooking and my dad's supposed to be cutting the grass. Isn't like little kids playing house on the playground, which I don't think they do anymore because they all have devices. Yeah. But back in our age when they did, they're like, oh, I'm cooking dinner. Yeah. He's like, oh, I just got home from work. Yeah, 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 yeah like exactly. Six years old doing, and you're like, what? We are being fucking brainwashed. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. And there is, I mean, really, there isn't a gender norm. Like, there's not a gender-specific norm, there's like. Not. You can be whatever gender you fucking want and do whatever the fuck you want too. Like and that's just something that we have to start implementing in the young kids, right? Not necessarily that we need to make our kids non binary or anything. Like it's definitely okay for your kid to be male or female. Like that's okay. Yes, that is okay. When your Let's kid is old enough that. when your kid is old enough, they make the fucking decision. Yeah. Not you. Whatever they want to identify as, yes. That's well, a good clear point to make. Yeah, good job. yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, but at the same time, yeah. So when they're starting off in their youth, and that's a young mind where right. you're like, uh, "Son, you were born with male reproductive organs. You cannot go in the kitchen. All Sit you can at the do table until your food is ready. All you can do is uh, cut the grass, go work, use and your work. Or yeah, get your paperwork. Daughter, you are in the kitchen, and you do not know. Like, you know how funny is that? For decades and generations, that was the role. That was. So what I think that's a really good key okay. point that you pulled from this article. Shout out to the APA. Yeah, American um, Psychology Association. Promote healthy. So yeah, so you know, start. And of course, you know, neither one of us are fathers. Um, so we're not going to tell our parents, you know, out there how to parent. But at the same time, hey, we're going to fucking point out this article. Yeah. Maybe stop. Uh, Man, that's such a power. I'm going to say it one more th- time for you. Uh, promote healthy relationship skills that decrease adolescence, decrease adolescence acceptance of traditional gender role norms and dating violence. Wow. Dating well, violence. We, yeah, let's get that. Dating violence is a crazy one that we looked up, right, about the statistics on dating violence. Horrible. Uh, and how it stems. Oh, there's a chart. Yeah, that's one. How it stems from um, the male identity being challenged. That's wild. That's a wild to consider. The wild thing to consider. This this part's gonna get a little serious, so you know people hold on to your seats. But you know that's what we're here for is to talk about the real stuff. Of yeah, pulled up an article, um, vpc.org. All this, you know studies showing how you said of relationship violence. Yeah. And so when a male's identity as a male is is uh, challenged. <laughs> challenged, yeah. And and it falls short. This is like this is like tox- toxic masculinity this is, at peak performance. Yeah, it's like full on like you are a toxic male of like, and I don't know. I mean, you know, so I've been out of a relationship. Let me go take another leak because I've yeah. had so much water. Chugging water, so I'll see. <laughs> you okay? But uh, so I'll I'll do my best to to vibe on this point while he does his thing. You know, drains the tank. Uh, you alive? You good? Your uh, pockets making a ruffling noise. <laughs> But, yeah, so, uh, you know, myself, come back to a point that, uh, hey, if I say it too many times, 
fuck it, whatever. It's a good point to go off of of being out of the relationship scene for a while and doing my own thing for um, coming up on a year. Um, so I can't relate to this too much other than, um, I guess in the past I can go back on it, but then, you know, um, bro will do a great job of talking about it cause he is a long-term relationship, you know, a happy, great, healthy relationship. Has it always been rainbows and unicorns? Absolutely not. They've worked through it a lot, but that's what, you know, uh, 12 years of love will do. But yeah, so we found this one of relationship violence and how it stems from masculine identity being challenged. So I guess to make that in layman's terms, imagine... You and your girl get in a fight. Maybe y'all go out for a drink Friday, Saturday night, or whatever. Y'all get an argument on the way home or something like that. Y'all get home, and she starts taking shots at you. Um, you know, like I said, we're going to get real in this part. That's what we're here for, though. It's like, hey, maybe you don't make enough money. Hey, we're struggling financially. Or, hey, we haven't been as intimate in a while. All of a sudden, what you hold dear to you as your identity as a man is challenged and threatened. And in that moment... The toxic masculinity just boils over. 11 out of 10. He's back. I'm back. A couple gallons lighter? Maybe. Mm. But it, <laughs> it boils over at that point, and God forbid, but obviously it does happen. We have you know the data and everything to show yeah. of you react in physical violence because she challenged your, your male identity. Did you read this one that, that only to reinforce your point um, that most of this – this was a link – so this was a link that I clicked on from another New York Times article, mm-hmm. which some people would be like, oh, leftist propaganda, whatever. <laughs> whatever. These are just stats. We're just getting data. Um, data or data? I mean, either one works. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is, a, this is an, a, a, a chart that is from a the Violence Policy Center. <laughs> I don't know why it's violence <laughs> that way. Violence. When men murder women. An analysis of 2015 homicide data. So this is shit that happened in 2015, Total right? Hard data, hard data. All the, no- um, all the numbers. The one that really reinforces the point of toxic masculinity, right? When your identity is challenged as a male, whether it's by another male or by female. But this one, in particular, by female. 14 times as many females were murdered by a male they knew. So 1,450 victims then were killed by male strangers. So you're say, so they're sa- they're telling us that 14 times more women were murdered by men that they knew. Not only that, um, for victims who knew their offenders, 64 percent, 928 of those females, uh, of female homicide victims were wives or intimate acquaintances of their killers. It's just hard to read. Now that. let's 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 take out the fact that there may be some homicidal maniacs, serial killers. There are mm. active serial killers throughout the United States always, yes. but but to think that which they need help too. Yeah, to an extent. I mean, some of them are too far gone, but the yeah. ones we can help. Hey, we got to start working. Yeah, on serial killers. They definitely need lethal injection for sure. That's hundred percent. But it it's scary to think that wives or intimate acquaintances of the of these killers like. That's what it boils over to. That's what it boils over to. Like, that men are willing to go as far as murder or kill because they are challenged. Willing to, yes, and or also incapable of keeping their composure at that time because they don't know how because they haven't given the tools to yeah. know what's going on internally. Yeah, maybe that's a better way of putting it. Because, I mean, uh, quite often you have these ones Yeah, because I don't know that they're willing. <laughs> well, 
Hey, some of them maybe they've been fucking. You, you never know. You never know what happens behind closed doors until it gets blown out of um out outside and you know requires a, you know people to step in and intervene. But you see those articles all the time in those stories of the men where like immediately after it's done and they're in handcuffs and the red and blue flashing lights are everywhere. They don't know what happened. They're like, I didn't mean to hurt her. See like red. That. Um, what, what's the actual legal term? It's uh, called. It's um. Like like violence and love like I'm butchering this sorry but it's um, I don't know like act of passion or something like that where it's literally like oh it's I, actual I, like legal jargon yeah like it's, it's actual terminology yeah what to the where fuck it's is it called do your thing wizard so um and not excusing any acts of domestic violence what happens inside homes no no no, no we're not talking about that we're just no. talking about f- fucking hard facts I hope we're not coming off as assholes on this thing <laughs> crime of passion crime of passion they're act of passion yeah exactly so crime of passion. Literally is yeah when when they lose control and they hurt the woman that they love or you know claim to love, and they had they had no self control you know, so yes maybe in some cases these dudes did blow up people a long time ago and they were willing to enact violence on their loved one, but also there's many cases where crime of passion they had no control they they their identity as a man got challenged they snapped they couldn't maintain composure because. Their identity as a man was obviously that fragile. Everything was suppressed for so long and so hard that it just comes out in an act of aggression and unfortunately people lose their lives over it, which is ridiculous. Like that's how that's how it's that's how far that's how far the toxicity can go. That's that's the years that's the years of not letting it out after your boss tells you you're an idiot or your coworkers talking shit to you or the abuse that you suffered as a young man or a young boy or a child All like comes out in that moment. because you don't want to explain to people because if you open up and get your feelings out in the world you're a bitch think about that guys that's fuck that's fucking raw like, dude all, all my men out there take a deep that's breath and think about raw. what you just heard think about that we can all it can be something like you didn't score that touchdown, and that peewee football game comes boiling over when you're 27 oh, years dude, old. Oh, dude, that's and you the and her fucking are drunk worst. And like, oh but my that's be- God. And because it goes back to how, as a society, we as men have been conditioned to think that opening up is weakness. Yeah. Where how many times now do you feel confident that you could easily, like, if she's just going in on you one night, just fucking ripping you to shreds with words, you could be like, you know what? You can say it. You can be like, you know what? Fuck you right now. I'm going to go get some fresh air. Oh, I mean, because you have that ability now to where you're not going to snap and act in violence yeah. because you've worked on that in yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Where you're just like, eh, I need to step away. I need to get out of here. Like, hey, you're being kind I'm of going right I'm now. going crazy with you yelling at me like this is stupid. Yeah. Let me step away. I'm not a teenager. I'm not going to punch a hole in the drywall. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not a, yeah, we know I definitely rent this place, so <laughs> don't want to pay for damages. <laughs> I'm not paying for my that's, own fish that, with the drywall. Does that make Does that make you a man when you're like, mm, don't want to don't want to don't want to lose my deposit. Don't want to lose my deposit on this place. That, yeah, that's a definite sign of, of male responsibility and maturity as you're uh, Maturity, older. yeah. Maturity. I think that's definitely a sign exactly. of maturity where so. you're more worried about repercussions <laughs> than you are acting in the heat of the moment. Exactly. And yes, or our, our, our no, drywalls are not the top of your list of repercussions and concerns in that moment. It's no. Hurt. Yeah, that's at yeah. the bottom of the list, but that's just a funny example. It's to be a rational human. Those yes. should be your concerns as being a rational human. Exactly. The same thing can also be uh, flip-flopped onto the female perspective mm-hmm. when you were saying um, – how certain things would make you a bitch as a man, right? Mm-hmm. Well, there are certain things that women suffer from amongst their circles that would make them bitchy. You know what I mean? Complain. I mean, like, 
some women like to talk about their feelings more than others, right? But then others start to get yeah. annoyed and they don't want to hear anymore. And then they're like, well, Girl, she's just bitchy. Just mimosa. Yeah, she's just bitchy. And it's like, that's also really, 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 really unfair yeah. to like women as it is to men. to everybody on all sides. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. We're relating it to the best of our ability. Of course. Dumb bro. And not woman. And bro. That's yeah. it. But uh, but no, it, it, excellent point. No, it definitely happens in female circles too. Yeah. Imagine that you know, like you know, you want to go out with the girls and get a bite to eat, and, and you know, and and vent or you know, or talk about things. And the one girl is like, "Hey, we're out to eat, but I'm drinking." And so then you know, she puts on that that energy within the circle of, you know, hey, maybe these other ladies wanted to vent and talk about things. Then she's like, "Oh, like shut up and stop bitching and just have a drink." Wow. That's a very what'd you see? What'd you find? So oh, there's by state. By state ranking. So oh this gosh. is a 2015 state ranking of these particular types of homicides, male on female, who were acquainted uh either through marriage or intimate uh intimate relationships. So at the top of the list you have Alaska, number two, Nevada, number three, Louisiana, number four, Tennessee. I'm gonna make a really strong fucking valid point here in a moment. Number five, South Carolina. Number six, Arkansas. Number seven, Kansas. Number eight, Kentucky. Number nine, Texas. And 10 in Missouri are both at a tie in 10th place. Or, um, I think you said 10 in Missouri. Uh, New Mexico and Missouri are a tie for 10th. Yeah, that's what I meant. There you go. That's what I said. Probably not what I said. Uh, sorry, I'm going to make a quick comment. Sure. Is um, One, those are a lot of rural country states. No <laughs> shit, dude. And, no shit. Which is not shit. funny. I'm not laughing at that reason. But uh, two... I'm going to go back real quick to uh-huh. the bullet points you were highlighting earlier, which was great, how you said, you know, one in four or 14 times more. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to break that down to layman's terms for people. So say a woman is walking down the street or whatever, urban area or whatever, and gets attacked by, you know, a mugger. Yeah. You know, robs her, hurts her, assaults her. That instance, she didn't know who he was, right? Right. 14 times more than that. Yeah. Four, 14 times more than that. She knows it. Women are getting assaulted or murdered by their husbands, boyfriends, brothers, uncles, men they know, coworkers, men they know. Yeah, into so, relationships. So just I just want to put that in perspective. Like that's that's a lot. Nuts. So yeah, sorry. I just want to highlight. No, that. no, no. That's fine. And but go, yeah, these let's go back to this these rural states. <laughs> um, also, I'm glad we're not higher, closer to the top. I was worried about us. Also, actually. dude. Yeah, especially with fucking things like football culture and mm, which we were talking about today. Yeah. Uh, Alaska, that one is crazy because you I think Alaska. Per capita though, because well, this says homicide rate per hundred thousand females. Oh, so they did make a scale right. Across the board. Okay. So Shit. number of female homicide victims ten, and it's at a two point six for homicide rate per hundred thousand females. So Alaska at the top, Missouri and New Mexico at the bottom, Texas following ninth out of 10. pretty close on uh, to tenth place. But um, yeah, that's a lot of like. Well, hold on. I'm trying to relate the numbers. Sorry. Um, but you see how, like, number of female homicide victims per 100,000 females. So if Texas is ninth at 213, which is the largest number on this chart in that category. Right. But then is 1.54 of homicide rate per 100,000 women. Uh, that would mean that we have more women, wouldn't it? True. We had just larger population. Right. That's okay. exactly. I think that's what it means. But. Alaska at 2.86. Well, yeah, I, okay, I get what you're saying. Yeah, so for every 100,000 women in Texas, 1.54 being murdered. Right. And so in Alaska, 2.86. Yeah, 
And I know we got dark and intense for a second talking about murder rate and this and that, but how we want to emphasize the severity of the issue with our brothers and our men out there of, hey, we need to work on us so we are not out hurting the, the people we love. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. just have to be women. Um, men on no, most homosexual relationships are extremely violent. Definitely wasn't going to talk about that, but no, a good no, point. <laughs> no, so I was just going to say gonna talk about most. Well, still, I feel for all for all my gay men out there. Like you know, got love for them too. Is there was another? You got, you got numbers for days today, bro. You're fired up. There was another number I had. I'd have to pull it back up, but something about I came way out of left field with that one. Sorry, bro. Um, me just loving everybody. No, I had a number pulled up earlier talking about the numbers towards uh acts of violence from men on men how extremely high it was that most like oh gotcha not even relationship right or, or, right right or, yeah gay relationships um, just that uh, male, that male new york violence. time that new york times article had a really really good Statistic. point uh, this guy, David Wade, or Wade Davis, excuse me, a former NFL player who now speaks to men about gender inequality and masculinity. Um, That's reputable ad company, so it gets up and speaks publicly yeah. uh, at Google, Netflix, and of course, NFL. He has a really fucking valid point, too. He says, I don't think it's, I don't think it's the work of women, right, addressing toxic masculinity. Uh, I think it's the work of men like myself who need to be talking to our brothers, fathers, and friends, Boom. which uh, is a strong point because that's exactly what we are trying to do in this scenario, right? We're trying to address this as guys in an age group where toxic masculinity is raving. It is strong, yeah, right? Huge. Yeah, everybody wants to be the fucking biggest, baddest, toughest dude always, all the time. Again, I am not perfect. I will have those days where I'm like, I fucking wish somebody definitely would. Am I going crazy or did you adjust those books? I did. I Sorry, you started tripping. I thought you were looking out the window. I was like, what the fuck? was on my patio. No. Yeah, no, I told you. I went ham yesterday. Oh. I, went, I got a little frustrated with myself and cleaned and organized this place. Like a huh. Okay. I thought they were. <laughs> Distraction. Yeah. No, I'm sorry, but you and your beautiful reading voice, please read that bottom quote um, in, in quotations from uh, Wade Davis um, right above that dividing line. It's oh, where it says men. it's an individual men, he continued, who are going to have to at some point decide how to define manhood and masculinity for himself. So it's, again, all boils powerful. down all boils down to perspective, right? That is powerful. What do you think would make you a man? And leave it at that. Not what identity you would want to have to feel like a not man. Not what your dad taught you. Not exactly. You not any of that shit. None of that. But what would make you feel like a man? That could be being a stronger dad, being a stronger brother, mm -hmm. being a better friend, being mm -hmm. more open about my feelings, or on any individual scale, be more creative. Anything or on the spectrum. Anything. anything on the spectrum. It just decide <sighs> how to define manhood. And masculinity for himself, for yourself, guys. Yeah, that's wild. That's powerful. I want to need to follow this guy on Instagram, Wade Davis. Wade Davis, NFL retiree, speaking at Netflix, Google, and the NFL itself. And computers doing fucking things on its own. Casper, um, that's wild though. But I mean, that's exactly what you know. Conversations like this do, and how we'll go back to. We're never harping on anybody out there because we are still in the process of deciding how to define manhood for ourselves. Yeah. It's always a process. I see, I, for the longest time, you can ask Angie, for the longest time, I would tell people, oh, I don't think you're a man until you have kids. Like, and I, like that's, that's kind of a hard one, right? Where you're like, yeah. I mean, that is a common narrative. 
definitely. Yeah, that's what you hear, but I yeah, mean, no, it's I mean, you can't really be that way. But I, I thought. No, no, that I'm not saying it's it's justified. But I'm saying yeah, you hear that a lot. But right? that was you're, a younger version of me, yeah, and I didn't realize until you're a father. You know I, I, mean? I didn't realize you could be a piece of shit dad, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. there are some awful dads. Like yeah. there are men out there. So imagine if that was the standard. You're not a man until you father some offspring, and then they do, and they're still pieces of shit. Well, are they still a man? Not but then, isn't that so fucking primitive? Isn't that primitive? It is. It's a very old school way of thinking. That's that a fucking terrible way. Like that's the but that's the way I thought at one point. I was like, no, nah, I don't think you're a man until you have kids. And I didn't mean it to be like primitive or anything like that. I just thought that's maybe true. when you brought something else into this world that wasn't there before, it put things into a different perspective. Which often we do see, but yeah, often we don't. Because yeah. you will see some guys like when they when they realize that their girlfriend is pregnant, you'll see that switch flip. They start looking at the world differently. Like, oh man, there's a a new human about to be yeah. in this world because of me that's and my lady. Thought. But how many times also do we not see it? That we're like, oh fuck, man, why me? Why me? Are I you still sure? want to go party? <laughs> do you think it's you know this other homeboys and this and that? Yeah. Like, like nah, I'm pretty sure you and her have been together for four years, bro. It's all you. Yeah. Yeah. Step up. But yeah, so no, and it, well, I think from my scale of it, I don't know if I ever had that mentality of you're not a man until your father, but I definitely for the longest time had this very low level thinking of like. You're a man's man when you can work with your hands, and you're a you know man's man. We can go out with the boys and this and because that's what right. I thought was. But right. you know, I know now where that negative perspective came from, of um, you know being, you know, a lot of people talk about problems with the one percent and the upper class and like oh, and people talk about you know the poor in America and this and that. But um, and more and more people are starting to talk about the middle class and how mm-hmm. there's a lot of problems there that people don't talk about. So, you know, I come from, you know, I guess normal middle class or lower middle class family at the time. You know, mm-hmm. they struggle just like anything. But this is what people need to talk about more. And I'm seeing more and more of it, but I don't know if everybody else is. But we have this giant group in America that is servants to the system to provide for the less fortunate and to also serve and line the pockets of the 1%, the middle class. Holy and shit. Yeah, that's the way I, I have strong feelings towards the middle class and yeah. stuff I want to work on. Um, but so think about that. Um, you have parents where they have to work to the bone. So kids are immediately in the daycare system or once they're old enough, they're in the school system. Yeah. And then if you have, you know, fortunate to have siblings, once the oldest one is able to be more responsible, that one's pretty much in charge of transportation, commuting, making sure the yeah. other ones are looked after while the parents have to work. You know, 40, 50 hours a week, if that, just to provide a shelter and, and means of living and providing for an education for their kids. Yeah. So who is raising kids in the middle class? Entertainment, technology, whatever that's in front of their little faces and their sponges of brains and personalities that they absorb everything. Completely desensitized. Exactly. So I attribute, and I'm, I'm quote unquote man enough these days to acknowledge that of that's what the uh, product of uh, I'm the product of that environment of um, my dad was always, you know, 80 hours a week mm-hmm. easily. So never saw him mm-hmm. um, all throughout my life until, you know, I was like already, you know, 19, 20, 21, whatever. Right. And then um, my mom was a stay at home mom up until I was in the third grade. How old is the third grade? Eight years old. Yeah. And after that, she had to go back to work, you know, because it's, it's tough out here in America, motherfuckers. We all know that. Yeah. And so especially as somebody who makes a m- fucking medium in median, a median income exactly so you know eight years old it's you know and sister was only uh 13 so she's not driving anything like that yet so it's pretty much hey get to the bus stop on time 
get to school and you come home immediately, come home, lock up and this and that. Yeah. I'm just an eight year old from then on a product of my, of my environment. My sister doesn't get home for a couple hours later. All you have back then is TV. Oh, what are you watching on TV? They didn't have all the censorship programs and everything they had mm-hmm. these days. So we have the passcodes and restrictions and yeah. your kids are blocked from these shows. So it was like, I whatever's mean, on, <laughs> you know, it was on in the daytime a lot that I gravitate towards Roseanne. No, fucking uh, I would I would always come across uh, daytime movies and stuff like that. I remember watching, which I still love these movies and I'm never harp on them. And it's not the movie's fault. It was just the exposure at a young age. But um, Goodfellas, Godfather. Oh, yeah. Scarface. Those are always on TNT. Yeah. TNT, TMC, um, Rambo, you know, like the dude. TCM. TCM. There you go. Turner Classic Movies. There you go. Thank you. My man. Yeah, because TMC. What is that now? Isn't that like uh, uh, Walking Dead Network? Or That's AMC. AMC. Well, I'm a fucking moron. <laughs> but uh, thank you. Yeah, TCM. But yeah, so a product of that environment. So how many of our uh, young boys and girls out there, especially these days since they're all plugged into devices, but I guess from our age category, you know, uh, mid-20s, early 30s, yeah. to where, yeah, they're a product of what was on the TV when they're because yep. there's no one around. When your parents are forced to work, all the time just to provide, and their presence is not directly there to steer you in the right direction. You're a product of your environment. There's no physical example or the the, exactly. the interaction with them is minimal. Yeah. So my that was my i i my identity as what a man should be growing up. So that's where it came from, and it's taken me a long time to to break that down. And right. Like, hey, this is not what it's supposed to be. So I think that's just a you know decide how to define manhood and masculinity for himself, and you you got to be able to take yourself back to the drawing board. And break that shit down, being like whatever yeah. was programmed into me as a youth, that is not my identity. It's Unless not who you, you are. did have a strong male role model or a figure in your life, and hey, you're a badass. And somebody yeah, who looked that. up, somebody <laughs> who you looked up to. Yeah. But you know, but it's so no, I, I attribute a lot of that back to it, and um, you know, that's no fault of anybody. It's not fault of my parents. Like no, you know, they have to work to provide, so their absence is, is yeah, of course, like that. Just like many people's. They were serving their purpose. Their purpose was to work to provide for you. Exactly. So whatever happened in between is not their fault because they weren't present, and it's not their fault they weren't present. No. Um, so, you know, that's where you can really start to break that down. And even just that ability alone, a lot of our brothers out there, they don't have that mental ability or desire to want to, like, analyze and observe of, hey, where did this come from? Where do I find myself yeah. as as Jerry, as John, as, you know, It Adam, can be uncomfortable. You know, it's very it can be extremely uncomfortable. You feel vulnerable, and vulnerability is what they've told us as a man is not acceptable. Yeah, you don't want to be vulnerable. Fuck you that. always want to have eyes on the back of your head. Mm-hmm. Like fucking always be prepared. And yeah. Step up for lip and this and that. But like, I sit in a corner. Why? So I could see everybody in the room. <laughs> oh, really? Because you're so tactically trained yeah, dude. and aware for Have every- you ever heard that? Yes, I hear oh, it all the time. Oh, God. And I, and I get it. Like, it, well, especially, I guess, for the fathers out there. Like, yes, we do live in a crazy world where acts of violence happen everywhere. Oh, 100%. So you kind of do want to face the entrance to see the whole building or, you know, restaurant or whatever to be prepared. But in reality, like, okay, G.I. Joe, like, yeah. Chillax, yeah, baby. Yeah, like, you're at dinner with your family. Um, the, the odds are definitely not in your favor of, of some a crisis like that happening. So yeah. Yeah, man. I keep my back to the wall at all times. Okay, Todd. Okay. Okay. What are you going to do? Stab him with your ballpoint pen? Not that anybody, not that all Todd's are like that. I'm trying to think of any Todd's. I might actually know. I don't I think don't, I know. A Todd. I don't know. A single Todd. I don't know if that. What is Todd so. short for? Toddathy? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think it's short for anything. Theodore. Watch it be stupid idiot. I'm a stupid idiot. Isn't that it? That might be applicable. Todd well, is just think how, like what Bill is short for William, totally yeah. different first letters. So I've always hated that one. Or Bobby is short for Robert. 
Oh yeah, Todd. Short. What was that first name pop? Todd. Chivalry or something. Uh-huh. Short for that is. Um. Todd name Todd. What about that Quora one down the bottom? Is the name Todd short for something? No. <laughs> is it even like biblical or has an origin of like there was a strong Todd back in some ancient times or something? I don't know. Who knows? But yeah, so no, and like it all goes back to it, like I said, vulnerability is considered weakness, which is not. Like I said, some of the some of the men I've been blessed to be around these days in my life. What you got? That was so funny. I said, oh, who knows? And there's a website called She Knows Todd. Oh, well, how you uh, <laughs> well, went and got those cookies the other night and the next day you had to add. Yo, them. what the fuck? All the time. What the? F- I didn't even say the name out loud. That was. I told I you really, we're in a simulation. I really. We're not in a simulation. Anybody who. Anybody who. <laughs> Thinks we are in a simulation. This all the time. Please come and talk to me. I will fucking Don't. prove you wrong. Don't. Even the, even if Don't. they say there is evidence nope. that we are in a simulation. He is the algorithm of positivity and beauty that is sent to deter you from your beliefs. Like when you're like, I'm an algorithm, algorithm. I'm in an algorithm. Or excuse me, in a simulation. He is the algorithm that comes like, no, man, come on. Like, really? Check this out. And you're so comforted by his amazing presence. Check this out. How about this? Time. Even if we were in a simulation, what are you going to do? <laughs> like exactly what, you you're what here you you're here what you gonna do you're <laughs> gonna unplug so Live it. power's not yeah, can, yeah. can't control that can't do that what you gonna do what you doing nah I think that's what uh, you doing I think I think that's it I think uh, I think that was solid <laughs> I think that was hard no yeah. I, I think that was I think that's good I think we should leave it at that it's I fucking we covered enough what <laughs> Toxic masculinity? There's only uh, there's, there's only, only so, so much, much <laughs> there's only so much you can well, cover without being negative, in my opinion. Exa- and, no, yeah, and it did get a little dark. They're talking about violence and, and, and but that's also a very real issue. It's a very real issue. So, and we're not going to shy away from that. So, no, I think you're right. There's if we could sum up that whole part of it of vulnerability is not weakness; it is strength. Yeah, we as men need to open up more to whoever. If you want to get a professional therapist, please. We definitely condone that. Oh, 100%. Do that. Talk to your mom. I fucking, I mean, if you have that option. If you have that option. For some of us, that's a little bit more challenging. Talk to your dad. I'm sure the people who are listening. There's somebody, exactly. I'm sure there's some, I'm sure the people that are listening to this, who do listen to this, are well within our age group. And so that means in my head, I'm thinking, oh, so you have a dad who was told those things that was instilled in their brain like give them an opportunity to if you can give those people an opportunity who were taught these things give them an opportunity to open up and expand their minds and make them a little bit more open-minded if you can and allow them to just be a little bit more free versus in this fucking bubble of like i said earlier you you're born you go to school you get a job you get a house you retire and you die like we got to break that. Yeah. And I, th- I think we're doing a great job of breaking that. I hope so, man. But I just don't want to be a part of that. You know what I mean? That's not fun in my book. Off the assembly line, baby. That's not, my f- that's not fucking fun in my mm-hmm. book. That's not. We're not meant to, when that one mean, we're not meant to pay bills and die. We're meant to live and thrive and love. Word. Um, but I think to, yeah, my little review of that, just the whole male thing, which we did a great job of diving into. And there'll be more. There's still stuff I want to talk about in the future of, um. you know, uh, healing versus hoeing. 
Uh, oh yeah, that's yeah, a good one. Off stuff like that. Um, men appreciating themselves more, like uh, uh, actually appreciate yourself as a male, the male body. And yeah, I like think self love would be something that we could talk about at a later time. That's something time. I've gone a lot into um, in the past months, and it gets a little weird and a little uh, tree huggish. Oh, you but, know, but, I hey, don't think it's tree huggish. I think it just going into everything with an open mind is so important nowadays because you never know, <laughs> like. You never know what you'll learn, bro. You never know what you'll learn. You, you learn never real. You shit. never know what you're into if you don't give things a you chance. Don't yeah, that's yeah. it. But um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we gotta we gotta start working on ourselves as men to to heal mm-hmm. and to to observe stuff within us so mm-hmm. we can better uh, do do better with stuff outside of us. Take care of ourselves, our loved ones, and you know, this life. Be a better person on the reg. That's all I want to do. That's all I want to be. It's a better person. Always. Each and every day. Sweet. And being a better person has no gender role, so. Yeah, exactly. There's no fucking lines. Yeah, take from it what you will and just everyone just be a better person. Um, You feel good with that or you want to segue into? Mm, Nah, I think we're good. That's a good one. That's a good one to end on. I like it. Yeah, that's a good one to end on. Ely. Yearly. <laughs> always. That's always the final word is everybody love everybody. Everybody yourself love everybody. And everybody. Love yourself. Take care of yourself. You can't take care of other people when you don't take care of yourself. That's a hard fucking That's fact. That's a big one. Quick segue. I did. Sorry. Before we will. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. No. But I did no, read good. an article about that um, geared towards our uh, amazing women and mothers out there. How mothers do experience a lot of um, self-judgment mm-hmm. when they're like, do, you know, especially um, new mothers. With like newborn babies and stuff like that. Yeah, you see a lot of uh, postpartum depression. Yeah, and they don't know how to deal with it. And sometimes you have to address that. Which, what the fuck do I know? I'm a male. I don't know anything about bringing life into this world. But reading from the female perspective in these articles, how a lot of them felt guilty. Do I need to take some time? Do I need to hand off the baby to my mother? You know, the baby's grandmother. Oh yeah, like, we were talking about that. The yeah, other day. and how they feel bad about it. And but you made a great point. And this goes back to everything. But it was applicable. I don't know why that popped in my head. Of got to take care of yourself to take care of others yeah absolutely it's as simple as that you have to there's a guy at work a uh, perfect example is he came he, i was talking to him he's a he's a full-timer and i he he was saying hi to me talking shit back and forth that's how we are and, but he uh shit. he looked a little tired and i was like you tired and he said yeah he had the baby all night he's got a newborn mm-hmm. uh, he said i had the baby all day yesterday um then he went on to tell me that he sent his wife and his daughter to the Joe Bros concert and they had an amazing time and he felt like it was time to give his wife a break because she, you know she stays home with the newborn yeah. and he works nights so he That's took one right yeah there. he took one for the team and he fucking didn't get any sleep went straight back to work after work <laughs> and from what i picked what from what i gathered yeah. i believe yeah and, and full time uh, for us, if y'all haven't caught on yet, Tech Family is uh, nights. Yeah, nights, yeah. overnights, not just nights. Not like, oh, I'm going in at 6 o'clock and I get it at 2. No, it's like literally going at 2 yeah, o'clock like in the you're morning. You're there when the sun goes down and you're there when the sun comes up. Yep, 100%. And so for him to do that, to literally say, hey, babe, go watch the Jonas Brothers. Go watch the Joe Bros. I'll Take the little the one to watch the Joe Bros. Yeah, I'll have hold the baby down and then, well, not, not literally. I'll hold the fort down. <laughs> <take care of laughs> I was like, wait. That came out weird. You know what I mean. I got the baby. I got this. And I got the baby. Yeah, I'll hold the fort down. There you go. And, uh, yeah, don't fucking take that out of context, people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. That's a man right there. So yeah, shout out to him if he, when he hears this and he knows who he is. So yeah, good to High five over the airwaves. Yeah. But, yeah, man, take care of yourselves, people, to take care of, to take care of each other. Yeah. Do right. Try to do right every day. Try to be better than you were yesterday. Try to be better than you were an hour ago. And the times you don't, hey, it's okay. Don't beat yourself up. Don't stay there too long. Word. And get back to doing the right. Word.
Ely. Everybody love everybody. Bye. Later, Gators.